Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel, and welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, we have Cloud Solution Architects at Intel. Hey, everyone, welcome to the show. We have Stephen Holt, Kieran Agrahara, Sarah Music, and Todd Chris, our top Cloud Solution Architects at Intel. Welcome, team. Welcome, Darren. Thank <laughs> welcome. you for having us. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. <laughs> This is going to be a fun episode today. I can already tell we have a lot of jokesters on the call. Some that I've worked with for, oh, six, seven years, and others are, are new, to, um, new to working with me. So this should be an interesting day today. So first off, let's do some introductions real quick. Um, first, I'm going to start by saying Intel has invested heavily in hiring some of the best cloud solution architects in the industry today um, to help our customers understand how to deal with cloud and the best way to land their workloads on cloud. Stephen um, Halt did a great podcast with me um, last year on not all cores are created equal. You got to go listen to that. Kieran uh, gave us a podcast just recently, last month, right, Kieran? Yep. On, um, it was. on, hey, what does a cloud solution architect uh, do? I'm expecting Todd and Sarah to come on the podcast, do their own special um, soon. But let's start with introductions with uh, Stephen. Stephen, give me a little bit of your background. Uh, thank you, Darren. Uh, so my name is Stephen Holt. I'm a cloud solution architect for the East. I actually manage the East uh, cloud solution architects at Intel. Um, I specialize in databases, but I come from uh, IBM and an assortment of startups where I've had sort of varied roles in in uh, business process analysis and sales and technical analysis and technical sales. So I'm, I'm bringing all those experiences together uh, here at Intel and helping drive value for our customers and uh, making sure that uh, the CSAs that we have on the East Coast and in general, all work together as a team and, and deliver value for, uh, for the customers that we have. Uh, great, great, Stephen. All right, hey, let's go over to Kieran. Kieran, give us a little bit about your background, where you came from and uh, why Intel? Hey Darren, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for having me on this. Uh, my name is Kiran Agroara. I am a cloud solutions architect on the East Coast. Um, Stephen is my manager. I report up to him. Um, my experience is um, in the data center infrastructure, uh, focused on data storage virtualization. It's mostly on the infrastructure side. And in the last, um, I worked in the, in the cable like Comcast and financial industry in the past. And then in the last five, six years, I did my stint with a bunch of uh, startups focusing on persistent memory, software-defined storage and whatnot. And um, why Intel? Uh, I'm here at Intel um, for the same, same question, right? Why Intel? Uh, there's a lot of customers asking why Intel uh, when we are having cloud conversation. So I'm here to uh, answer that why Intel because Intel is everywhere and uh, spread the message around to the end users and partners. All right. Hey, th thank you, Kieran. Sarah, let's go to you. Tell me a little bit about your background, why you're at Intel, why you're a cloud solution architect. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Uh, Sarah Music, um, obviously one of the cloud solution architects on the team. Um, I directly before I 
came to Intel, I was actually at a partner um, doing software work around cloud migration and optimization. And um, that was precipitated by some time in data analytics. So I worked for a deep learning textual analytics um, company before that. And what was really interesting to me was the work in, in data brought full circle a lot of what I did in technical sales early on, working for regional SIs in, in the Southeast. Um, so it was really neat to, to be able to then bring the analytics side to bear on, on cloud migration. And you know, as far as coming to Intel concern, is concerned, Intel's a great American company. And uh, it's one with a lot of integrity that mattered to me. And you know, as far as its role to play in the market, I think there's a lot of latent opportunity. There's weight to throw around and there's a missing piece because there's a new model of engagement for, for everyone really, including um, the, the cloud providers. And I think Intel has a play, a part to play in that, in that strategy moving forward. That's, that's awesome. It's, I see a little bit of trend here. Everyone's dealing with data. Uh, why could that be? This is an interesting trend. Then we'll throw it over to Todd. Todd, are you a data monkey too, like these other guys? Um, I'm definitely a, a data chaser. That's for sure. A data so, chaser. There you oh go. Yeah. Oh yeah. So as you know, I mean, we've worked together for years and uh, I've been at Intel now for a little over 26 years, uh, which oh! almost, it, it makes me sound like, you know, I'm a, this monolithic thing that came out of the rock somewhere, but I'm, I'm not. Um, I, I try to stay nibble. Right. But you were uh, yes, five when you... I, I was five when I started. Yeah, yes, exactly. So, right. They all know, they know my secret. Um, but yeah, so I started out in IT, right? So I got, you know, 30 years of experience, you know, working in the IT realm as well as, um, you know, into the product space. So where I most recently came from was from a cloud and enterprise solutions group, which is part of our data center uh, platforms group. And uh, so I worked a lot on uh, the enterprise, right? That's where Darren, you and I worked quite a bit was on the enterprise yeah. side of things. Uh, and then decided to make the change to go over into to cloud sales, right? Because uh, obviously big shifts going to the cloud. Um, and obviously Intel, you know, wants to be able to meet customers where their data resides, whether it's going to be, you know, on-premise or in the cloud. So being able to have that hybrid or multi-cloud model uh, has been really important to me. Uh, I have worked um, pretty pretty directly with uh, with like Microsoft and Google, uh, not so much with AWS as of yet, but um, those are definitely the, the big focal points that I've been working on over the past couple of years. Now, Todd, you, you just glossed over something that everyone should really know about. You, on the show today, we have the Intel architect for Anthos. That was yes. your, that was your baby. Yes. So for all you people out there that are thinking, hey, I, I've heard about hybrid cloud. The person that architected it is on the show. That is Todd, right? Um, I remember seeing those boxes in our lab hooked up to the Google cloud. We were all envious because they were awesome, you know, servers, you know, because we always had the best in our lab. And Todd got the cream of the crop for that. And he architected hybrid cloud. He's, it was one of the first hybrid cloud solutions that were available. And uh, we even showed it on, you showed it on stage at uh, Google One, right? Yep, yep, yeah, Google Next, we did that uh, a couple of years back. And it's, it's fun being involved with a partner um, pre-launch, right? Whenever you get to kind of design everything before it gets, uh, you know, shoveled out to society, right? So um, a lot of fun, a lot of technology talks, a lot of, 
deep code experience, a lot of partnerships, both inside Intel as well as in Google. Um, and we try to do this with every partner that we have, right, is, is we try to go super deep to get all the, the nooks and crannies kind of figured out uh, before it gets out to the public, right? Once it gets to the public, it just seems easy, right? It's because we've done a lot of hard work on the back end for it. Now, that brings up another point. You've now shifted from working with the partners pre-launch to now working on the other side and helping customers now adopt these technologies. What's the major shift there that you've seen, Todd, and then we'll ask everyone for the same thing. What's that major shift on helping customers move to the cloud? Yeah, the biggest thing that I've noticed is, is cloud is just made to be simple, right? I mean, whenever cloud first started, um, you know, it's pretty much an IaaS type plate, right? Hey, we can host all these big servers in these data centers. You can host your VMs, all this fun stuff. Now you've got PaaS, SaaS solutions, all tons of stuff, right? And you don't even think about the hardware anymore, right? Whenever you go to the cloud, you swipe a card and boom, you can just start working, um, which is great, right? A lot of customers just really adopt that and say, hey, this is, this is simple. This is easy. Um, I wouldn't really say fun, but you know, it, it's work, right? But it's, um, it, it just gets them up to doing meaningful work faster and doing less of the overhead. And what we really try to help promote now is that the hardware still does matter, even though it's abstracted away so much. Um, you know, Intel has been with the cloud providers since their inception, right? We've been doing business for 50 plus years uh, and we focus in on those workloads, whether they're on-prem, off-prem. Um, and I don't want to take everybody else's talk points as well either, right? But there's, um, there's a tremendous amount of effort that we put into the cloud uh, ecosystem that really helps build those workloads to run best on Intel. You know, I'm glad you brought up that we were there for, since the inception. There's a number, it's 2 billion 2 billion cores we've delivered to the cloud service providers. Over 90% of all compute in the cloud runs on Intel. Is that all? Yeah, is that all? Yeah, <laughs> way to go, Stephen. Now, all right, Stephen spoke up. So Stephen's next. So Stephen, what have you found? I mean, working at Intel, you moved, you you were with a you know systems integrators and, and things like that and startups. Why Intel and, and not just why Intel, but, What's your engagement model with, with customers? What is your goal to help, to help well, them? How do you help them? Sure. Uh, and being on that other side, I, and then joining Intel, I realized I didn't think about the hardware. Just like uh, Todd's, Todd just said, you know, you don't think about the hardware. Things are easy. Uh, customers want, you know, fast scalability, um, instant on, they don't want to, you know, provision in their data center and get licensing, spending weeks doing that. They just want the, the compute resources as quick as possible. I don't care what it is. Oh, hardware, that doesn't matter. Now joining Intel, it, it becomes obvious. We've got all this benchmarking, testing, and, and since I'm a database guy, I mean, low latency workloads, they work so much better on Intel hardware uh, than any other competitor. I mean, well, I don't want to brag, but it's, I mean, it's just, it's compelling that folks don't know how well uh, these workloads well on it work well on Intel hardware, as opposed to other hardware. Well, and not it, just, it, not just any Intel hardware either, right? Oh yeah. The, the latest, uh, absolutely. Our Ice Lake product that's, that's out there. It's, uh, it's blazingly fast. The, the, the newest third generation Xeon scalable processor. It's, um, 
it's extremely fast. It has so many accelerators, the, the crypto acceleration that's built into it as well. I mean, I, I'm sure you've done a podcast just talking about all the features that's in that, but it's uh, as soon as customers realize, oh, it's got that. Oh, I can do that. Oh, I can save so much money. I don't need as much resources as I originally planned. I mean, it's, it's, it sells itself. At, at most so, so is your job more of an education job or are you actually physically helping organizations move their workloads or optimize their workloads? How, what does the engagement look like? Maybe we'll pass it on to Sarah. Uh, well, you know, it kind of depends. So, and I want to go back to something that we were, were talking about earlier. I mean, and in any situation, whether it be us or the CSPs, where they find the customer is going to be uh, completely different. They may be, they may view themselves really as cloud native at that point. They may be really early in the adoption journey. And so the, the mechanism that we use to inter to interact with the workloads is going to be really different. But the, the way I kind of look at it is, you know, a couple of things. So first off, one of the things that I've considered in coming to Intel is what I would call the glamour curve of tech. So kind of what, what is the sort of the viewed as the chief end. Um, so early, early on, you know, in the 60s and 70s, silicon itself was viewed as an end in itself. It, it, it was what was glamorous at the time. And then, you know, we moved on and then VMware came out with, you know, vSphere in the 90s and this notion of virtualization. And suddenly, you know, the, the extent to which you could, um, you know, hotel a bunch of, you know, essentially servers, virtual servers in a machine. That was glamorous. That was the sexy thing. And then we moved on from there and we began to tip even further toward, you know, essentially data center as a service. And the difficulty with that, and, you know, I'm going to mix metaphors, but with this glamour curve is that we still don't, we don't get away from the baseline things that make an, an enterprise successful or not successful in adopting tech. So, um, you know, it's like your, your HVAC, if your HVAC's working, you don't want to think about it. If you're thinking about your HVAC, that's not a good thing. It's not really ever a good thing because you're either paying, you know, somebody to come check it and maintain it or something's happened. So, you know, when my family, when we returned from vacation a couple of years ago and it was 95 degrees in North Carolina and our HVAC had stopped working, that was a huge problem. And so there's, there's this emphasis in the cloud provider and I'm taking the long, the long way around in the CSPs of saying, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, we don't need to have that conversation. You know, oh, we can, you know, we've abstracted away. We've become so, you know, enlightened in our approach to tech that we, we've really gone past those conversations, which if it's successful can be true, but the, the fundamentals still, you know, really haven't changed. And there are a lot of situations where, a customer gets to the cloud and they find out a particular workload that's you know business critical for them isn't working well, and so they have to go back to those fundamentals. So, so that brings up a really interesting point. I mean, you said, are, are the CSP selling us stuff something that doesn't really exist? I mean, because they they all sell us this. Hey, it's utility. It works out of the box. It's a hundred percent reliable. And what I just heard was, hey, my critical workloads, I can't just drop dropping into the cloud. I can't, it's just not a lift and shift. Is that, is that what we're hearing? Kieran, what, what do you think? Yeah. So yes, it's not exactly a lift and shift, right? Because um, there's something called born in the cloud. If um, 
new applications are designed in a cloud native format, then you know you don't have to think much on deploying it on the cloud. And now, if you have like monolithic application which were designed to run in a data center, uh, for example, it can be a client server technology or something. You can just simply lift and shift it on the cloud because they're not optimized to run on a on a specific CPUs, um, underlying CPUs which are offered on on, on the on the on the uh, cloud service providers, right? So uh, one has to be really careful. Um, there are so many uh, tools that um, Intel um, Intel has to offer, um, like optimization tool or you know uh, cloud optimizers or migration tools, so that the customers can um, run run the tools beforehand, and then they figure out what percentage can be lift and shifted, what percentage needs to be modified. Um, they can make some informed de- decisions before they you know, actually do the migration. So Sarah, Sarah I'm going to go back to you on this one. You said not all critical workloads, I land them in the cloud and maybe they're not up to the SLA that I originally thought. Is Are you seeing this? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that could be uh, from a couple different lenses. It could be just that the customer's not accustomed to architecting in the cloud. And that's where, you know, Intel's partner network comes in. That's where we ourselves, the CSA team, come in because, you know, for a, for a lot of workloads, there is a really successful way to, to deploy it. But of course, there are going to be things that may not be suitable for the cloud. And that's why, you know, especially I think in the latter part of 2021, there was more and more buzz about repatriation. And so people are, you know, the pendulum swung in a direction. And now I think we're sw- seeing it swing back, you know, just a little bit as, as you know, enterprises in, in particular learn what the right balance is for that. Yeah, it's interesting. I almost don't want to call you guys cloud solution architects because there's a presumption that everything goes to the cloud. But Sarah, you just told me everything doesn't need to go or should go to the cloud. Can I expand on that? Yeah, please, Stephen. I'm I'm sorry. So You're chomping at the bit over there. Yeah, yeah, we talk about repatriation and and customers are finding as their IT uh, divisions become more mature and they recognize... You know, they've moved, they've had mandates of moving stuff to the cloud. They realize, you know, I'm not saving money. In fact, it's costing right. me a heck of a lot more to run it in the cloud than I had in my, my own data center. Or uh, I've got security issues because there's um, data residency in some places and my cloud isn't in the proper, uh, proper country. I mean, there there's so many things that are going on. And that's where Intel really shines because uh, we're not, we're agnostic. We we know all CSPs. We've been everywhere. We have so much knowledge that folks really aren't doing repatriation. We're just making helping make their workloads more mobile. So uh, that as the IT uh, system or IT uh, uh, d- departments become more mature, they realize, you know, I want to be able to bring this back to my colo or my own data center. And then maybe in the future, I'll move it to another CSP or I'll move it from to another CSP uh, to, a, to a colo and around and whatever's cheapest. It's, I mean, it's really an exciting time where we can help customers in, in ways that the CSPs are definitely not addressing right now. I, I love this uh, workload mobility, All right? So can we change your guy, your team's name to workload mobility architects? Maybe that, you know, just rolls off the tongue. Absolutely. Rolls off the tongue. Take that yeah. up to Pat Gelsinger for me, right? Or maybe I'll have Pat on the show and I'll tell him, hey, we need to change yeah. his name. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Why is so, he here now? Come on. I, 
he's he's probably busy on another podcast somewhere else. Um, all right, Todd. Todd, so this sounds to me like you guys have a bench of people that have been involved in IT, understand workloads, understand what the different CSPs have to offer. Um, so I, I get that. What about, and I know a lot of my customers and listeners to the show are concerned about data because we all know what all the CSPs do, right? It's the Hotel California, right? I can check my data in, but getting it back out is it, it, very expensive, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. So what do I, what, what tips do you have or, or what's the approach of your team on data, on data in the cloud? Yeah, I think um, you know, there's multiple ways to look at it, right? I mean, we do have a, a very deep bench. Um, we actually have a, a couple, uh, three guys actually that came from IT that stood up the IT environment at Intel. Uh, so they're very, very well um, informed on not only the constructs of being able to set up the hybrid models, uh, but the security, the firewalls, all those access points that we kind of take for granted, right? If you start up your, your Azure account or AWS account and you get your $200 credit, you're just connected out in the wild and the internet, right? Once you're behind a firewall or a DMZ, there's just layers of security that you need to get out to those you know, services, uh, you know, whether you're setting a VPN tunnel or, or express tunnels, things like that. Um, so I think, you know, the, the first thing is, is the security models, um, the security holes, the, um, the access points that you build to, need to be able to send your data back and forth securely, right? Because everybody wants data to be secure. Um, and I think like you had mentioned, right? Once, you know, the Hotel California is, is a great example, right? Is you can put all the data in that you want, but pulling that data out is extremely costly, um, even in a multi-cloud scenario, right? If you're moving stuff between Azure and, and AWS, it, it doesn't really matter, right? You're, you're still migrating that data around uh, and that's still slow, right? There's a ton of latency uh, just in copying files and whatnot. Uh, obviously we have more speeds and feeds than ever before, right? 400 gig backbones in the data centers, things like that. Um, but this is where we come up with that, you know, cloud is not just a location, right? It's more of a function. Uh, and this is why if customers have terabytes or even petabytes of data on-prem and they want to move it into the cloud, there might be a cloud-like service that runs on-premise that they can get that, that ease of use, that functionality, because a lot of the ISVs have gotten a lot smarter. You know, once when the clouds were born, they sucked all that data. They took all those workloads. And all the, the OEMs and ISVs are like, hey, wait, we helped build all this stuff. And so they've gotten smarter. They have things like Dell Apex, HPE GreenLake. There's, you know, there's dozens of these services now that are very cloud-like and function. So customers can, and as Sarah had mentioned, that pendulum swing, customers are saying, hey, I can still do all this on-premise now, which still qualifies as cloud because it's a function. It's not a location. I love the function not a location. And of course, we're talking to, to the chief architect of Anthos from Intel on hybrid cloud. So of course, we're going to get you know the hybrid story. And I've also seen some other companies like NetApp, for example, is now having a multi-cloud file system and they're managing the movement of data for you. And they're doing it in a cost-effective way, supposedly. I mean, I don't know if it's cost-effective ever to move data out of the cloud once you put it up there. Um, as some of our customers have learned, 
I think I'm just going to abandon my data in the cloud. <laughs> they don't even want to touch it. Um, let's go around. Uh, Sarah, you, you again, you, your background was in data analytics, mm-hmm. right? So tell me, I mean, that's a big, that's a big area, uh, AI and analytics. How has the cloud changed our view of that? Yeah, well, so, you know, I think Todd said something really important earlier in that what we're really looking to do as as cloud consumers, you know, ourselves and Telen as, you know, people who are helping customers, but also just as, as Intel itself, we are here to free people up to do the work that's most meaningful for their organization. Um, and, you know, obviously analytics is going to be a huge part of that in, in 2022. There's, you know, there's this huge delta between how much data people have and how much they're actually producing insights out of. So I think it's like two or 3% of data is used to actually produce insights for organizations. So there's this massive treasure trove and Intel has a real part to play with that because our, our chipsets do so well in situations where you have really robust um, processing work that needs to be done, especially around crunching data. Um, and, you know, the architecting piece of that, you know, not to plug the CSA team too overtly, but it's really important because, you know, I, I had an experience a few years ago where I, you know, worked for an organization where, you know, they containerized and, you know, went full hog uh, toward containers and, you know, ultimately they got the ship righted, but it was really rough up in, in the front end because it was something entirely new. And, you know, it, as Intel, being able to come alongside the customer and help with some of those things, I think is, is fantastic. Partly because since we are in all the clouds and we're ubiquitous, we, we still have a lens that we can look through, you know, in the underlying tech to help. Again, we don't want that to be the end, you know, talking about the glamour curve, I think data and, you know, crunching data, data warehouse, data lake, you know, lake house, all of that, that's what's coming next. What are people doing with that data? Because they've got to capture more of it. But, you know, I think, you know, architecting wisely is part of it because you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. There are going to be things that you can do with new and more robust people that is is going to be fantastic. On the other hand, um, looking at some of the newer solutions uh, potentially could be a really good fit for the organization. And, I, you know, I want to qualify too because it all has to do with, where an organization is in their journey. There are organizations that are early on because it's been such a successful company. It's an older American company that's been around for a while and they have done a marvelous job of serving customers for a real long time. And so they, there's probably a lot in the way of technical debt and things like that that potentially could be worked through. Um, and that's the, that's the journey um, that, you, that you work through, you know, looking at, underlying tech and then eventually taking it to a place where um, you have that you have that agility i i really like i really like the approach that you guys are approaching customers here because you're there to help but all right so here's the big question you guys are out there helping for free. Is this a paid service? How do people take advantage of Intel's bench? And there's what, 24, 26 
cloud solution architects now, Todd? It's Steven? about 22-ish, yeah. 22, so 22 yep. cloud solution architects at Intel. So how do I, how do I get my services in, into my organization? I'll throw that one to Steve or Todd since you guys are the manager guys. Go ahead, Todd. Oh, I knew he could do that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, so it's 22 in the, in the U.S., right? We have a, a global team as well. So it's, it's a much larger organization. You know, our, our organization that runs probably about 80 deep. So uh, it's a pretty large focus, but relatively new. Um, two years ago, we didn't really have cloud solution architects, right? And this is Intel sees that big push forward uh, to be able to stitch those things together. And, and as Sarah had mentioned, right, it's it's having that knowledge, right? I, I talked to so many customers and just even peers, they just want the easy button. Like, hey, give me something that's been done before. Let's just repeat it, which is great, but it's not always a one size fits all, right? And I, I think that's what's really important is having this deep bench of expertise, you know, we've gone through the hurdles. We've gone, you know, we've bumped our head against the wall. I can't tell you how many times I probably still have a bruise, but it's, um, you know, we, we learn sometimes the hard way, right. And we ultimately want to get customers to be successful without having to feel those, those growing pains, right. If we can, if we can take those growing pains out of the process, well, in one sense, it does make it much easier for them. Um, but we've had to learn through that entire process as we've built that up. So, so how do, how does, all right, let's say I'm, let's say I'm one of my brothers, they, they've got a small business or whatever, or mid-sized business. And instead of calling me, which they always do. Right. And I'm like, I don't know anything about, you know, your dental software or whatever it is that you're doing. How do, how do I get them engaged with the cloud solution architect at Intel? Is it, and I'll, this is to Steven. Because Todd already answered. So this is to Stephen. So Stephen, how how do I get engaged? I mean, we get pulled in typically. So we're an overarching organization. We get pulled in through the uh, the direct sales organization. So there's an account executive that covers um, you know the big the big uh, Fortune 500, and then there's the inside sales and mid market folks. There there are different levels within Intel. So that person would reach out to their Intel rep and say, look, I, I'm, I've got this cloud software. It's not working, or I'd like to move to the cloud. I'd like to optimize. Uh, I need help just in creating a strategy. Can you guys help me? And that's where the AE would, would recognize. Uh, that's where I bring in the CSA. And we have so many skills on our CSA organization. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I, I mean, we have folks that are, have expertise on every single CSP. We have database, we have container, we have, I mean, everything that you could have mentioned, Terraform, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. We have every, every piece of knowledge that you'd need, and we all work together harmoniously in most, in most cases, together to deliver solutions to, uh, to customers for free. Whoa, it's almost whoa, like wait. leadership planned that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's for, wait, you said for free, Stephen. I did. I did. Okay, so. I just contact my account exec at Intel or inside sales and say, I need help with my cloud migration. And Steven shows up at my doorstep. I Does it say to. Intel inside on your shirt? Uh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. on my back, actually, currently. But, uh, <laughs> Do something wonderful, right? Yes, yes. Uh, remotely and currently until things get straightened out, but uh, we'll be traveling soon, I'm sure. But yes, we're there to help out. I mean, we want folks to take advantage 
of Intel technology in whatever CSP they land in. No matter, we don't care where they land. We just want them to take advantage of Intel technology. Okay, so that's how, that's how Intel's getting paid then is, hey, you're helping their workload run most effectively on 90% of the clouds. That is correct. Got it. All right. So it's a it's a service that we offer to all of our end user, our customers, for free. That's that's the key thing there. Right? Hey, this has been hey, this has been great, guys. I'm hopefully our listeners have have appreciated a little bit more on what the CSA team can bring as a whole. I most definitely am having Sarah and Todd come back, probably Stephen and Karen too, because you know they're they're always great guests on my show. Um, but hey, thank you, team. Thank you. It's been it's been wonderful uh, hearing your different perspectives. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for having thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at Embracing Digital. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.